Welcome to McDonald's. What can I get you today? Hi, she'll have the quarter pounder with cheese, extra mustard, no pickles, and I'll have a 10-piece chicken McNuggets. And, and two sides, sides of ranch, please. The we've done this before meal. Get it at McDonald's when you get two of your faves for just six bucks. Limited time only. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Hey, there's another Bald Move TV. Uh, we're, we're shotgunning this because uh, we actually started talking early, and we're, I think there's some gold here. So uh, <laughs> we're talking about The Expanse, but we were venting our spleen about DC. The latest Wonder Woman trailer came out. We're going to talk about that for a minute. Jim's here. I'm Aaron. Also, Levi from the Dr- Direct Podcast. Hello. Fame. I'm uh, here in body. I'm not here in mind. You're not here in mind? Or <laughs> I don't know anything about the Wonder Woman. I don't know anything about Batman versus You've Superman. You've never wondered a woman, Jim? I know you. I have, but well, you're qualified. This, this specific Wonder Woman, I don't know anything about. So Haven't anyway, you, let's, let's talk about the bald, this. the first run bald movies. You've seen the Wonder Woman trailer, have you not? No. No. I don't see how he hasn't. I think he just blacks out during them. I haven't <laughs> he seen counts, it. He counts on me writing them down. I mean, every theater is different. That's the one thing that I've learned from mm. the bald move uh, first run movies experience. Like, like for example, I haven't seen a Beauty and the Beast trailer. Right, I got I've one last s- week. I've seen like thirty movies in the last thirty weeks, and I've yet to see the Beauty and Beast trailer. I've been to kids movies. I've been to mm. horror films. I've been to action flicks. I've been to space flicks. I've been to everything. Oscar yeah, bait. I've managed to avoid the Beauty and the Beast. I'm starting to wonder if they're just dumping it. I saw one last week. Like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, they at your theater, they're dumping the... it. <laughs> well, I do go to the dump. It's just the... called the dump. The dump. It's got a little Tomcat on the logo. He's uh, sitting in a... He's... And he's taking his shit. He's uh, taking a shit. A wicked, he's, he's a got... real watery one. He's got one of those fish head skeletons in his mouth, and he's just taking a shit. It's yes. called the dump. That sounds like a lovely place. Yeah, it's like the, like the opposite of an Alamo draft house. <laughs> they encourage, they encourage you theater. to have cell phone conversations. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you were saying house. you were saying about Warner Brothers. Yeah, I just I can't believe they haven't pulled Zack Snyder at this point. He mm-hmm. truly does not understand Superman. Well, how he, how are they going to do a Justice League film without Superman? I don't know. Are, I. Are, 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 are well, they, they just going to bring, bring him back him to life in, in the fi- in five minutes? Way. It's supposed to be. You're going to waste half exciting. a Justice League. You're going to waste half a, ju- a half a Justice League resurrecting Superman, and then well, what? You're going to spend half Kill of him it again. getting <laughs> Aquaman, which I'm not sold on Momoa. Uh, really? We got to get Cyborg in there, who we have seen no. Yeah, I could give a fuck. I've no I don't... pro about Cyborg. Right. It'd be um, like, and, and like I did, I said that about Ant Man and Guardians of the Galaxy, and now I give a fuck about them because I've seen their movies. But if you had mm-hmm. launched half of the Avengers with Ant Man and Star Lord, I'd have been like, "What? Half of this team I don't give a shit about." Yeah, well, the I think part of the issue that we're working from here is that Marvel started with Iron Man, and everybody was jazzed because they did right. a good comic book. Hero yeah. movie, right? And then they have had ups and downs. Some are better, some are worse, but they have managed to keep a tone that people enjoy. DC right. hasn't had one yet, and they're just striding forward regardless. And I, I think it's trouble. I think they need yeah. to back off and try some other stuff. Throw, start pulling up some weird one off, like Guardians of the Galaxy. 
I've been listening to Jesse and Eric, their old backlog of personal arrogance, and mm. listening to Eric describe Guardians of the Galaxy and Jesse mm. emphatically telling him that it was the worst idea ever. Totally. Just based on Eric's <laughs> description, I agreed with Jesse. It sounded uh, super stupid. It's uh, totally, totally. I, I thought it was going to be Marvel's first failure. And it's, I think, the best one out of the whole series. And it doesn't need to be in the Marvel universe. It's nah. just good sci-fi. Yeah. Talking raccoon and all. Yeah. Giant tree. And it's funny. That's the thing. Like the DC, I feel like the DC people like to throw shade at Marvel because, oh, it's bubblegum and family and all that. It, but it's entertaining. Mm-hmm. Like like Nolan shit was d- dark and depressing, but and awesome. Everyone loved it. Like don't don't say that everyone is predisposed to hate DC. You got two of the biggest, most marketable people on the uh, the characters in all of fandom, Superman and Batman. You just threw them together, and people are like, meh. Like that should everyone should be shitting their pants if they're at DC right now. Yeah, it's and it's not hard. It's a comic book. You can treat the movies like you treat comic books. Just reboot. Don't even yeah. bother pushing forward. Cut Zack Snyder. You get gotta out cut of Zack his Snyder. weird sepia toned. Uh, but the, here's the hell of it, man. They are going to flush the first Justice League movie down the toilet because they will not contemplate the fact that Zack Snyder is killing them. Mm-hmm. Well, killing they're probably them. paying a ton of money for him, and at that by the. We were we also in the fifteen minutes before we started recording. We talked about some home construction and how you buy yeah, a bunch yeah. of wood and then you're committed because if you don't, right. you have a bunch of wood laying around. And sure, like a I maniac. Spent a, I just spent hundred fifty bucks on this wood. I'm gonna not cut it up and put it together. Yeah, you've got it. You've got a pile. You have to get rid of that pile at some point, and uh-huh. I think that's. What the shame have. of burning it or throwing it away. Yeah, they have defeat. this pile of Zack Snyder. They put together their it's, plan. This this pile of Snyder, it's stacking up. It's collecting termites. <laughs> it's moldy at this point. It's, it's moldy. There's dry rot set in black mold, and they're like, "Oh, how are we going to unload it? How are we going to unload it?" <laughs> it's on Craigslist. It's just sitting there because <laughs> there's no photo. We can't three put a photo DC on it. properties to a good home. <laughs> They're going to throw away. They're going to throw away a Justice League movie. I, I, I'm just scared for my DC brothers because that sh- this should be fucking awesome. There should be two franchises. You should have two different flavors of comic book movies that you want. And like even so- even Sony fucking told a compelling X Men story. It's something they haven't done in like ten years. And we still got Snyder. He's still yeah. sniding. Meanwhile, Marvel's. Like, hey, let's make some R-rated movies now. How's that sound? Yeah, yeah. It's both brave the world. And I haven't. I still haven't seen Suicide Squad. That's how bad DC is. That movie was advertised to me. I yep. was very excited, and it was so rock bottom that I didn't go see it the first weekend. Well, that's was... what. That's how this started. Because I said, "Have you seen a new Wonder Woman trailer?" And like, I've seen them all, and they, they all looked awesome. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna trust it's good until I actually see it. Yeah. I mean, Michelle McLaren was attached to that project for a while, and she got booted off of it. So that's when I was like, "Ooh, this is." <laughs> yeah, you start those things start to bleed through the edges, and mm-hmm. it's hard. It's easy to to see the stinkers coming. Yeah, and what's the worst case scenario? It's mm-hmm. good. Somebody tells you it's good, and then you go see it the next week. But that's not ideal for the studios. So yeah, you know. But they've they've walked themselves. They've walked back into a corner where. Well, we have to ride this out to its bitter conclusion before we can reset. 
Yeah, when the when when Batman versus Superman, actually, when Man of Steel came out, they should have dumped Z- Snyder because yeah. that man, that just that guy just doesn't get what makes like he would he would tell he would tell a good like graphic novel version of Superman, like you know the, the one of this one shot like like that those Superman like like Dark Knight Returns old bit that's the other problem with Batman versus Superman he's now locked Batman into the old dark past his prime cynical. Uh, but hurt about ro- death of Robin Dower might kill a dude, Batman, and that's not a workable Batman for a whole anthology. That's a good Batman for a graphic novel. You're like, oh shit, darkest timeline Batman, but that's not the palette that you paint Batman with to begin with. It's crazy. Yeah, especially it's crazy. For, they could have rebooted into that. Like, do one and then pick a different. Go back to the old school. Right. Like we had Clooney Batman. We had um. Now I'm like blanking on all the Batmans. Uh, Kilmer Batman, Keaton, yeah. Batman. Keaton Batman, West Batman, Nolan Batman, Giamatti Batman, Schwarzenegger <laughs> Batman. Yep. No, Schwarzenegger Iceman. How about <laughs> that? Maybe for just boot, just do an Iceman or Mister Freeze. Iceman, That's what he was. Yeah, Mr. Do, Freeze. do a yeah, do a villain film. Fuck it. And that could be dark. Mister Freeze is a really moody. Son of a or, bitch! Like, yeah, that would be an excellent Batman. That they've done it on in animation a bunch of times, but just fucking run that plot back. It's awesome. That'd be a great Batman to start with. And the same problem there. They got Superman painted this incredibly dark, morose palette. He's not the big blue Boy Scout. He's a fucking I don't know well, Morrissey album. Of, he's emotionally weird because he's really bent out of shape about the human experience, but then he's also crawling into a bathtub with Amy Adams. Like, right. That's, that movie had so Batman vs Superman had so little levity. There are two jokes. They both come at almost the end of the movie. It's uh-huh. the one about the cape, right? And I thought she was with you, with you about right. Wonder Woman, and that's uh-huh. it. That's really rough to yeah. run two hours on just two jokes when we're talking about a dude who dresses like a bat and a guy who is essentially a god level superpower and they're fighting a kid um from facebook and he's kidnapped your mom yeah i mean that's no it's it's so crazy and batman's gonna come in and wreck all of these guys super wrestling style Uh uh-huh but they got a kryptonite spear and they 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 cloned they cloned Zod's penis. Yeah, we picked a we picked a here uh, villain that has no character, does not talk. <laughs> and he gets bigger when you punch him. Uh huh. That's thrilling stuff. Well, there it goes like they also they shoot him to death. They 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 got introduction of Wonder Woman, uh, Dark Knight Returns, Batman, Death of Superman story, Batman versus Superman. It's it's which I understand is the Dark Knight Returns timeline as well, but. It's just too much, too much, man. And then you throw a, a really off-brand Lex Luthor performance, which I, I that makes me appreciate Heath Ledger's The Joker more because I feel like on paper those two performances are the same. It's just they happen to have Heath Ledger and, you know, they got Mark Zuckerberg instead, <laughs> and he just couldn't pull it off. Why can't I think of his name? Jesse, Jesse, Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg, yeah. Jesse yeah. Eisenberg. And... I saw what he was going for. I think he was trying. I, I'm willing. I chalk it up to direction and writing for 
those a lot of the errors in those performances. Yeah, Lex Luthor's just supposed to be. You're supposed to think that oh wow, he's kind of the equal for Superman and Batman intellectually. And I just thought he was a clown. So yeah, very good. He would be a good Riddler. That performance would be a pretty bang up Riddler performance. The Riddler. The Riddler. <laughs> <laughs> the sidekick Adderall. Yeah. Nice. All right, so we brought you on here, Levi, to talk about The Expanse, which, if you don't know, is this uh, season two started seven weeks ago. It's a, it's a Siffy sci-fi show, hard science fiction show. I thought we'd spend um, 10 to 15 minutes talking about general non-spoiler thoughts about Expanse and why people should watch it, because it does seem like it's got a criminally low ratings. Like, it, it should be getting – it should be more popular than it is, because I think it's, like, the first great science fiction film – or science fiction franchise since like Firefly because I never really liked Battlestar. Yeah, and um, I've never heard anything anybody say anything but good stuff about the show. Right now, it's not perfect. There's a couple yeah, of yeah. points where I was deeply unsure of where it's going, and in fact, I'm going to argue when we get to the spoiler section that the show that I'm watching is not the show that I thought I was watching. Okay, through most of season one, it's pivoted, but it's still for sure. it's pivoted, but it's still it's and it's 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 still pretty cool. But, it, but what they're doing it hasn't is, completely pivoted away from where it started yet. That's still in the mix. Which I'm glad because the latest episode gave me a lot of what I thought I was watching before. Like all, right. And here's here's the thing. This show is set in like the 23rd century, I believe. Um, it postulates that uh, Mars has been colonized. Um, the asteroid belts have been colonized. Um, the moon and Earth are united under one United Nations government. Mars is a, fra- a, 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 a faction that's a confederation. And Mars, uh, because they pioneered engine technology uh, about 100 years ago, are this fantastically wealthy and technologically advanced, mm-hmm. but resource-starved. Earth is the mother, but it's backwards and kind of lazy, and it's not the the best and brightest are no longer staying on Earth, and it's kind of like an empire in decline. But it does have the numbers. It does so, have the numbers, yeah. and also life is easy there. Right. And yeah. then there's the Belters, who are the ones who mine asteroids and and supply the uh, the belt and Mars with with agriculture and water and all the resources they need, and they are second class citizens. Yeah. And um, they 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 really show these factions in conflict with each other, and like the and and like what it would really look like to see like a Martian government at 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 odds with the Earth government. And they they have realistic depictions of like the transmission time, because you can't have like live live conversations from Earth. But I just want to talk about like what are some of the things uh, that we enjoy about the Expanse and why why we are enjoying it as science fiction fans. Uh, I'm what surprised me the most the re- i was not going to watch this movie because i saw the siffy label on it but this show has a production value that i never would have expected from them ever yeah the show looks good the design is solid the writing is good it's it keeps it it holds it together really well i i i, I guess when you guys first watched it what where did you was it just from the forums that you picked up the show no, I actually recommendation. Jim personally recommended it to me, and I and I actually was mad at him. I came in one weekend after I watched like a full season of the the season one expanse. I'm like, dude, you undersold this <laughs> because I was expecting kind of like somewhere between Doctor Who and Babylon Five special effects. I was expecting yeah. mm-hmm. like Firefly kind of set dressing and costuming. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but but you know, decent performances, and I, I thought the story is like it's like it's kind of like Babylon Five, where if you can look past the dodgy effects and mm. some of the you know owl looking headdresses on dudes, yeah. the story's there. <laughs> but like, no, I was blown away how like in the like in the first few episodes they show the Earth as interrogating a Belter, mm-hmm. and just using gravity. They got the dude hung up by his armpits on hooks where he can't, he could just stand up if he could, but he's he's being crushed by Earth's gravity. It's crushing his heart and his lungs. And, like, when that woman, I forget her name, but she's just, like, really Christian. impressive Christian. Christian. Yeah. Like, UN diplomat, like, you know, prime minister type character who's very intimidating. I just thought uh, I, I was hooked from that scene forward. See, I thought you the, – the reason I kind of undersold it to you, when I told you about it, I think I was like, it's a really good show. The sci-fi is really good, but I think there are some characters you might not like uh, because some of the characters to me feel a little silly. Um, like – I thought you would have more trouble with like the accent of of the uh, of Christian. When Lane Price has to deliver more than two or three sentences right. of dialogue, it can get silly. Right? Yeah, because they have this almost South African sounding Creole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's they, like oh, a mishmash. The, yeah, the Belta Belta Loda yeah. Walla Walla Bing Bang. It's like they're they're always saying this stuff, and it's it's. But I. To me, it instantly connected to like Firefly, mm-hmm. where it's like yep. this is what. I know how far the the accent has drifted from English. Yeah. And we've only had like what 300 years of separation from the mother country. Mm-hmm. Like if if people were in space for 300 years, they would absolutely have their own distinct accents and dialogue and right. and terminology and whatnot. And they're kind of accents that you haven't heard before. Yeah. They don't have a, like a specific earth accent. There's not like oh a bunch of Jamaicans I out there. I do think it's so- it's South African mixed with with uh, Jamaica uh, yeah, uh, Caribbean. Okay. Yeah, sounds it's, it's to a- me an interesting Creole. I don't know that much about language, but it sounds, they make it sound authentic. They make it sound like right. this is a language where, you know, oxygen is limited. So of course you're going to speak differently, especially from right. people like earth who take things like oxygen for granted. Right. Um, it's really fascinating. The, the differences between the cultures, like they really make, yeah, Earth, the belt, and Mars to be, and the first season we don't, we don't, we get some interaction with the Martians, but we don't see the home base, um, and so it it has this really nice air of mystery. Yeah, we, we don't see Mars forever. With Mars, and then there's a lot of really cool touches. Like they just kind of throw you into this world. Like I notice, like you know, one of the the female characters has this interesting neck tattoo, like this, like, mm-hmm. almost a tribal neck tattoo. And I'm like, huh, I wonder what that is all about. And then I saw Lane Price's character has, like, scars that look like that. And I'm like, huh, I wonder what that... And then, yeah. like, in episode seven of season one, they casually mentioned that the old spacesuits used to... The seal would sometimes overheat and burn these old belters, and the young the young belters get their necks tattooed as, like, an homage to that part of the culture. I'm like, yeah. that's fucking rad. It's beautiful. And it's just little world-building like that happens yeah. half a dozen times an episode. And I really like how they they kind of mix the cultures too, right? You have a lot of people who, you know, are from Earth and are maybe out in the Belter society, right? Um, and and they do feel like fish out of water in a sense, you know. Right. They're always trying to prove themselves. They're always like kind of side eyed by the people who have been there their whole lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it feels very authentic, and they're physically different, like multi generational Belters. Like they're yeah. long and skinny, and they don't have the bone mass and muscle mass. Mm-hmm. And the Earthers, like you know, they, and they have to have you know a lot of corrective cos- uh, surgery. Um, where the Earthers, they feel like they're the the noble class, 
And then I thought it was also interesting they explored in season two, like, you know, some of the, the, the politics on Mars where – like a person born on Mars is of higher social status than an immigrant. Right. And there's a lot of, you know, present day social commentary. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mars is so militaristic that they train it. One Earth gravity, which uh, Liz and I were talking about because we watched the <laughs> show together. It's mm-hmm. it's one of those imperialistic things that you don't think about frequently, but they're judging all the gravity of the system is based on earth. Like you are right. low gravity in comparison to earth. Like that never really left, even though belters absolutely at this point are disassociated from it to the point where right. putting them at one G in earth is torture right. um, on a Geneva convention level. Right. Yeah. And I also think it's interesting that like Mars and it makes sense because the first settlers on Mars would be astronauts who are wildly pulled from military culture. Plus, just anyone that would go colonize Mars is going to be a cross-grained bastard that is <laughs> is, is 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 not used to creature comfort. And they talk about how soft the Earthers are. So it's almost – it's like this self-selection. Like if you take all the hard asses that wanted to better themselves and put them on Mars, they would have this hard-boiled Martian culture where they look down at the – you know. Uh, they look down at the mother planet because it's so soft and so easy. And there's also other little things like have you have you noticed the coasts being all fucked up? Like half of Florida is gone because of the hmm. the the glaciers have melt and the sea levels r- risen. Like if it, this, no. they showed a couple of episodes ago, like Florida, and it's remarkably different because of the rising sea levels. There's like yeah. little nods of that that stuff too is in this the, this this show. Are you only catching that in like the zoom in of the planet? I've never. No, yeah, no, they haven't mentioned. It's just like there, there was an overhead shot of Earth, and we're like, oh my god, it's like that. Uh, Florida looks really fucked up, but uh, <laughs> no, I, it's it's great. Now, I to point your characters, there's a couple of ones that I thought like um, uh, Thomas Jane, uh-huh. the Punisher. he was one I was worried you wouldn't like. Yeah, he's dressing like some <laughs> kind of seventies era pimp. <laughs> With a fedora. I mean, he's this... And he's, like, this private... Detective like, this, this, noir, right? This hard, he's, yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's a film noir, but, like, I just wish they'd done anything but a goofy little fedora to sell that character. <laughs> what about the mohawk underneath the fedora? I didn't, right, yeah, then, right. yeah, then it just, like, takes the hat off and just keeps getting worse. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to see what happens when he takes his shirt he's off. He's a great character, and honestly, just a wardrobe change would have fucking <laughs> helped me immerse a lot sooner. A lot sooner. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is I love about this this very the hard sci-fi of it. Like ships accelerate until they get halfway to where they're going, then they turn their ass around and reverse mm-hmm. to slow down. And there's like and also the space battles are lethal. Yeah. Like I mean, like, like like you feel what it's like to be a crew member getting shot up. Like these these mass drivers just ripping into your sh- ship and like there is a couple like spectacular zero gravity gore scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was the thing that really got me was kind of how true to the physics they were being, I think, um, you know, as much as they can when they're filming right. on Earth. Right, right. Uh, so, you know, you have these these mag boots that they use and, OK, they don't move completely naturally, but at least the concept is there. And yeah, they're yeah. paying uh, doing attention. more than paying lip service. Yeah, they're, they're paying, paying attention, attention to it. it. Yeah. Um, and, and just stuff like, yeah, that. I don't know how specific we want to get, but the gore scenes are uh-huh. really, really good. And just yeah. the way. Like you were saying, the the lethality of the the battles where bullets are whizzing by, and when they hit you, they just punch holes right. in the ship that right. can kill you. Right. It's like Cecily. We were, we were talking about this. She's like, I don't understand why they don't armor their ships better. And I'm like, 
because mass is expensive in space, and it's like the old age of right. sail. Like it's not that they were sailing in wooden boats, flinging cannonballs at each other, and being like, "God damn, why don't we do something different?" <laughs> they couldn't think of something denser that would still float and stronger. So it's like it's, it reminds me a lot of those. Like it's just quick and violent, mm-hmm. and well, a lot of luck involved too. I really enjoy the fact that they're taking not just naval. Well, I think a common issue I have with some sci-fi, like you look at Star right. Wars, space battles, they're dogfights. Sure. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that you're in a three-dimensional environment. Right. Uh, the, uh, the notions of direction are totally screwy. And so they do a better job in this show of making it seem more like um, like a submarine battle. Like mm-hmm. There's a lot they talk yes. about the drive signatures. That's something that we do with – I had learned this – My I was – get my dad into the show and mm-hmm. I was saying that how they they track the drives like each engine of the ship has a distinct signature mm-hmm. and I thought that was cool it made sense and he pointed out submarines do that every submarine has a very distinct sound it makes and we know submarines from that mm-hmm. and it's very much part of like the naval naval uh, military complex is mm-hmm. knowing the sound because they're all like there's just minor imperfections that make that stuff unique. So between that, between the notion that everybody has to strap in, like there's mm-hmm. when you're in, when you're making these maneuvers, if you're not in a seat, you are being flung around this ship violently. Yeah. There's yeah. no, there's no inertial dampeners. If they do a 12 G <laughs> turn, you're going to get fucked if you're not strapped in. Yeah. Yeah. And that's brutal. That's those yeah. high gravity. Like that's, rough and i really i just the i texted jim first about the show because i mean sci-fi is much more up your alley than fantasy mm-hmm. and this show yeah. follows some rules yeah totally yeah that's that's the thing you know they they don't ignore the 12 g turns when it suits them mm-hmm. they play into it right mm-hmm. they say okay we're gonna make a 12 g turn what are the consequences of that and right. let's have that be part of the show and like and oh maybe a crew member is going to be unsecured in a cargo bay because he's trying to repair something right. are you going to risk his life because yeah you have to do this violent or are you going to take the shots like like, stuff like that is is just really cool, and they continually impress me with that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also like if you're a Walking Dead or The Wire fan, like Chad Coleman gives this really superior non Chad Coleman performance. <laughs> like he looks like he's he's put on some weight. He's he's talking and almost no, I call it like a Batman Bale <laughs> voice is 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 not correct. He's just different than he's not Cuddy. He's not. Uh, Ty, Ty, Tyrese, Ty, was that his name? Uh, Ty, sure. Yeah, yeah on, on The Walking Dead. Dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's none of the he's he's a different type of uh, Chad Coleman and just a really awesome awesome character. Um, and that's like other than Thomas Paine and the uh, Lane Price, who is actually I keep calling him Lane Price. He's not Lane Price. <laughs> he's uh, <laughs> Dawes. Yeah, yeah, he does. Like those are the only really famous. Those are the only only famous people. But like, I do think that there's like I the the leader of the of the Belter starship that they that that they gets established quickly. I, I call him Space John Snow. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's apt. Uh, but then like I like Amos is like we're, we're gonna we we probably need. I think again, if you're a science fiction fan, I don't know why you're not watching this show right to hell now. Yeah, 
but if you actually like drama that's based on like it's almost like political potboiler, mm-hmm. like like what is the politics between Mars and Earth with the belt and the balance and different factions and they all want different things and they're all you know had hundreds of years of time to get paranoid. Like it's it's kind of interesting and in, like if you don't like fantasy movies like Game of Thrones because of all the machinations and stuff, there's a lot of that there too. Mm-hmm. Um, so you and there's talk- stuff for straight up like fantasy style sci-fi fans you know yeah and just like some of the like the fact it gets that, pretty out there sometimes. like like there's not a spoiler the mormon church <laughs> right. is yeah. is leading leading the path of humanity blazing a trail to the stars because they've they've rolled it into their missionary work that's fucking brilliant i totally believe I, the mormons I really would have the rolled money my eyes hard at that do you really I, I did i did i've gotten used to it since then the whole thing with the navu i've i've gotten used to it but like Man, when they first introduced the concept of the Mormons in this show, I was like, oh, are you kidding I, me? I can see the Mormons like having the wealth and the population and the uh, and the spirit to do something like that in 300 years. <laughs> well, right. it's, it's a generational starship. They open the... They open these little doors into really cool science fiction concepts. Yeah. They don't walk through every one of them. Right. Yeah. Which I really appreciate. Right. But they're, they, they're, it's there. That door's there. Mm-hmm. They might walk through it and then, that, couple, and then season yeah. five. You never know. Or yeah. they might get dressed up in their white shirt and their black pants and knock on it. Now, are you guys – <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you guys read any of the books? Because I hear that the first season is roughly analogous to the very first book in the expand cycle. No. I haven't either. And I'm I don't think I will until the series is either over or the books are complete because I ain't gonna start another Game of Thrones situation <laughs> again. Have you um guys, but I hear you, there's a I hear there's a bunch of those books. Like implying that if they can make enough money that they've got like five, six, seven seasons worth of material here, at least. If they can keep it together. I if they can <laughs> keep it together. It's it's one of those shows where I worry that over time it won't it it'll get too convoluted. They'll it'll, it might. It'll get they'll There's get too like big a lost because it yeah, starts. Yes. That first episode is so condensed. There's so yeah. much happens. Yeah, you don't know who the main characters are until you get to the end of that episode. Right. Like, honestly, I had no idea how that. Like when Jonathan was Banks go. was introduced as the EXO of the starship, I'm like, oh, main character. Mm-hmm. This is kind of cool. Nope, nope. He was there for five minutes of badass and then gone. And people make it into good stretches for the show and then just drop off. And it's not yeah. a Game of Thrones murder scenario. It's just no. sometimes those stories but run But I do feel like they have established this thing where much like Game of Thrones, this world is so harsh and brutal and uncompromising that anyone can die at any time and major characters suffer. Like you might take a rail cannon shot out of nowhere or you might run out of air because – Something went wrong in your suit, or any kind of grisly thing could happen to you guys. It's fucking space, man. Um, that they have sold me. Like I sold. I'm. I'm. I'm deathly afraid for my favorite characters. And I've got. Um, let's, let's, so let's go around the room. Who's your favorite character, Levi? Uh, Naomi, for sure. I Naomi. Think. Yeah, that's, right. that's pretty good. That's a solid fascinating. pick. Yeah. Uh, lovely too. Uh, yes. Jim, your favorite character? Uh, I'm all about Miller. Miller. I really like Miller. Yeah. So you're 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 bumming hard right now. Wait, I thought we were doing spoilers. Yet. I thought we were doing spoilers. We when did we start did, spoilers? We never fired off like a. Well, we start talking about favorite character. Okay, from here on out, there's spoilers. <laughs> oh, from two minutes ago. <laughs> no, from here on, out, I don't think we spoiled anything big for someone to sitting down and watch a show. All right. 
So well, they're, they're bumming, but there's right. a lot of unknowns. Yeah, there's a lot. So my favorite character is Amos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's no, I, he's good. I, there's something because here's the thing. I, I think he's the one that's the most interesting because no other character can ask, can you can ask the question, is he a psychopath? <laughs> I'm I I got a heart like every that my biggest pet peeve is everyone talks like he's a psychopath. I think he's an extremely rational character given the environment that he's in and the situation he finds himself in. And his like speech about the churn, mm-hmm. I thought was so fucking brilliant about a, just a common man living in interesting times. Um, what what do you do? You think he's psych- psychotic or a psychopath or a sociopath, Levi? I think. No, I think he's brutally logical to the point where we've reached the point in the show where, you know, with the scientist um, who's been lobotomized, they're very close to one another. Amos. Yeah. Amos. And that's where I get hung up on him. Yeah. Um, But he's logical. He explains every action he takes and. And he's, he's like, hey, you, and you don't have to agree with me. You can try to stop me. But this is what I think. He's got a simple needs. set of rules. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. Even, even for all for the killing that he's willing to do, um, the episode where J- where Holden is holding a gun to his head and he goes, well, if you need to shoot, that's cool. Yeah. He's like, yeah, but that's, that's the situation. He would just deal with them immediately. Right. But there's sort of a weird respect. You know, it just it hadn't reached a point with him. And I think. <laughs> He understands the other characters very well. Yeah, he respects Space John Snow's righteousness so much. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he even has a speech about like this is as close as a fair and judicial and righteous person as you're going to find out in space. But he's also he's... a vigilante in his own way. Which oh yeah, that's what I love about him. <laughs> well, I, it, but it's also very problematic. Is when... it? <laughs> Come on. You're the man who always says that vigilantism is I don't live in a fucking asteroid belt. Like I think uh-huh. in the like like in in the How old does that West, change the equation at all? Because when when there is not a functioning system of rules and law and order and justice. No, I don't I don't believe it. There, there is a functioning system. All of these places have governments. All of them. But did you see how corrupt the fucking police are out in the belt? They're like completely on the take not for some Thomas of these gangsters. Jane. Not Thomas Jane. Yeah, and he got thrown out of an airlock and turned into <laughs> an immortal space alien, probably. Out of an airlock. Yeah. Yeah. When he crosses Dawes, Dawes. Yeah, he they, they throw him in an airlock and, and the only back one. Further, oh, Miller yeah. was yeah. doing. He had a side thing going with the guy about the air filters. Yeah, but but I, what I'm saying is like you have to count on this guy to be a hundred percent right or. That that time when he's not, he's going to take matters into his own hands and do the wrong thing. I agree, but if if it, but but I do I, like in Amos, I trust. Okay, and the show like, is that's fine. I don't. That, the show is uh, starting to ask that question: What if Amos is yeah. wrong? Like, yeah, and I really like that. It's or what if Amos? Out. What if Amos decides he wants a lobotomy and wants to study xenobiology? Like, I don't want him to do that because he's my favorite dude. Right, but I mean, they're they're purposely drawing comparisons between him and that doctor. Certainly. And I think that's. An interesting thing to do. And we're getting Amos' backstory. You know, he freaked out at the mom and the like, little boy yeah. that defended his mother. Like, or that th- there's triggered a extended PTSD sequence. Like, that's and it's believable too. If you yeah. if you had put anybody else in that room with that scientist and said they're gonna start to feel simp or or right. feel the same way he does, right. I would have said no fucking way. But this guy's just weird enough. Yeah. The other thing I like about him is that um, he's got this baby face. 
Uh-huh. And when I first when I when he first stepped on screen and he they established that he's going to be the tough guy, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Until the first time he laid down the law, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, this guy is also yeah he he does look like a kin doll, but he's like a fucking beast. Yeah, he's. His... Like when he punched out Miller and said, stay yeah. down, I'm like, Miller, you should stay the fuck down. That was vicious. <laughs> yeah, I just well, dropped him. Like you said, people mistake him for a psychopath, but he it took a while to understand his mechanisms. Because at first you just think, like you said, this show is filling a Firefly gap. It's not yeah. mimicking it, but yes. it's got a ship with a crew that you're rooting for. Mm-hmm. They're not all awful people. Um, and, and they're extra legal kind of, yeah, on the edge of the law. That. Yeah, they've and they're so essentially pirate. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right. Yeah, and they've, he's they're they're pirate. They've pirated a Martian warship. It's it's, but it's not like a it's not too powerful. Like they describe mm-hmm. it as a corvette, which is like the smallest kind of ship that you can still properly call a ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's it's pretty awesome now. Um, a couple other things I want to talk about. You guys can suggest topics too, but there's I want to talk about um, this isn't a perfect show, and there's two times, maybe three, that the show's almost lost me. All right. Because um, the show I thought I was watching was a taut political thriller about Martian Earth tensions with the belt hung in the balance. Yeah. And then they fucking Prometheus me. Mm-hmm. They've got aliens running around and blue goo and all this stuff, and I was a little bummed that like, oh, they're just, they're going to make this like the humans are more interesting than some theoretical alien technology or whatever. But they've kind of like when they when when it infected the asteroid and started moving, mm-hmm. like I'm like, okay, that's kind of interesting. And then they gave and but then it culminated in like I thought one of the biggest flaws is Miller finally finds this girl he's been looking for, this Julie. Or Julia, and she's infected all the hell and back with this virus. We thought she was dead, but she's actually evolved into this big superstructure, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's fallen in love with her. Like they asserted that, like Dawes asserted that, and I thought that was something that he did as a deliberate ploy to make him think to throw him off the trail. But it turns out, I guess he does love the girl. Mm-hmm. They finally meet, and she kind of reciprocates instantly. Did anyone think that was kind of bullshit? Or have they had some kind of weird mind bond this whole time through the psychic hamster robot network? <laughs> well, to me, it didn't feel like she was quite with it in those moments. And and she didn't quite understand what was going on. And maybe this was not that like... That kind of makes him a rapist. Like... No, no. He didn't force anything on her. She Right. She's just confused because she's under the influence of this strange substance coursing through her body. He's Bill Cosby. He's yeah, damaged whatever, man. emotionally. Like we've gathered that from square I just, one. I just thought I wish that they played it a little bit more. Like, who the fuck are you? And I don't understand what's going on. And he, he still can can love her, but more in a abstract uh, theoretical sense. And then they crash into Venus, which is crazy. Do you guys want to talk about that? Yeah, I, I mean, I guarantee they're coming back. That's yeah, oh, they're going to sure. come Venus back. Venus is as, infected at this point. Yeah, they're, they're going to come back as super. Acid proof, badass <laughs> Venus people. Yeah. They're Adam and Eve for a hellish world. I think we're going to get a. We don't. I think we're going to get an intelligent fourth party into the equation that is probably isolationist, honestly. I think that it's going to be that question of. It's. the Of the ways it could go, the more. One of the more interesting is that. Is showing that humans are this expansionist asshole 
right. creature that's in just the in universe. our blood. Right. And when something else encroaches into our territory, we freak out. We try and weaponize it. It defends itself, finally removes itself to what it thinks is a safe place, and we keep poking at it. We keep. Yeah. So you think the aliens are good? Because I thought it was telling that it left the marine alive. And almost, I, and maybe, um, which by the way, beautiful visuals this week. The blood snowflakes oh, falling. Mm-hmm. Like when I first realized yeah. what was happening, I'm like, oh, fuck you guys. That's cool. That's that is some, that is some really cool, cool shit. Um, but the alien seemed like it spared the Marine's life when it didn't have to. So it does, does reinforce your point there, Levi. It seems like they're telling a story of humans overreacting to intelligence and just well, shooting at it instead of trying to talk to it. I think that might be something different because there is a there is a flash of something, and I yeah. don't know what that is. But maybe we get a oh get no a yeah you, it's, twist. It could be that this proto molecule is defending against whatever this other because this other creature was a totally different level from what we saw before. Right. So this could there's a lot of I do you guys read CJ Sherry? No, I've read yeah I've read some of her. Um. She has a lot. I, what I like a lot about her sci-fi is that she really try. When it comes to aliens, she tries mm-hmm. to really not define them in human terms. And in like the Foreigner mm-hmm. series, that's one of the first big points in the stories. Is this guy who continues to, you know, you have a race of aliens that are kind of Avatar-like, um, big, elfy-looking creatures, um, and he mistakes a lot of science for friendship but they don't culturally have friendship um that's just not a a thing that they understand and it bites him in the ass a couple times because he relies on people who he mistakes for friends right um and i am hoping that this show is hard enough sci-fi that it is that we are misinterpreting an alien reaction like the alien mm-hmm. doesn't understand the notion of invading the solar system. Right. Like, and they, they show us some stuff like humans getting nabbed up by tentacles and stuff. And that feels <laughs> malevolent. But if you look at it as a system trying to figure out what the hell's going on and just assembling data and stuff, like we don't know that, you know, just like, like the Marines are running from it and shooting with assault rifles. Like that's pretty fucking hostile too. Like I, I just want, I think that a lot of the stuff that we see as hostile and malevolent is just a creature trying to figure out its environment. Yeah, it's going to be very Guillermo del Toro, I think. I, the humans <laughs> are the monsters. Well, I did read that people, uh, they said it was a smart choice, but I guess the book version of them going to Eero Station and seeing her, like, Julie hooked up to all this shit was much more H.R. Geiger, the book I, description. Mm-hmm. And this was much more Avatar. Which I think it's a smart choice because, like, if Thomas Jane starts making out with the Borg Queen, <laughs> it's going to be, you know. But, you, but it was already, already pretty freaking creepy that she's, like, part of the ship, part of the crew. Um, and I thought it was interesting that she thought that she was racing. Like, I don't know if I bought all that stuff, too. But I don't I, know. That, but that's what... They see, established that character. I, I think it was wor- the mid-season yeah. episode. And so I was like, yeah. this is a... I was really... I loved it. I loved the idea of the we're going to go blow this thing up and drive the Naboo in it. Um, right. Oh, that was the a fun yeah. screw up. And I thought that okay, Miller's dead. That's cool. They're going to right. kill yeah. um, Thomas J. Like, all yeah. right, way to go, sci-fi. You're going to kill a major actor on your show because um, they've killed people. But that was that would sure. be the first big one. And right. then mm-hmm. 
I thought when, when we, they killed the medic, that was pretty big. Yeah, he was. I know him from stuff. He, he, he was one yeah. of my. Fa- he was actually my favorite before Amos. And when he died, when he got his head taken off, because like I was that's, just like, holy right, shit! I forgot that's how yeah, he went. Yeah, sucking the blood yeah, out. Oh, and yeah, the like that bubble of blood that just hangs. <laughs> and over then his when neck. the gravity reestablished, yep. just splashed straight down oh. all over him. That awesome. was that was pretty freaking cool. Here, here's the thing that I like about the aliens, and and maybe something that will put your mind at ease, Aaron. Okay. Uh, you could also view the aliens as sort of insight into how humans will react to it and how that will affect the political structure here because oh sure you know you, you we've seen the war room right, right. Of, of the un um the unn is that what it's called yeah here? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. united nation of nations or something <laughs> united nations <laughs> uh we've seen their war room and like they don't know if this is a mars attack uh, right mars doesn't know if it's an earth attack right like they don't know where this weapon came from they don't know what there's so much unknown here and you can see these people reacting to it um, and trying to get their hands and their heads around it. And it's, it's interesting from that angle too. So do we think, I always want to ask us to firm up my understanding of this uh, stuff. Do we think that the uh, Julie's father is the, is the fourth party out there that's built the cloak warships and I think so. Is starting yeah. all this ruckus. I think that's um, a fair that's assumption. Okay. I thought so, so too, because I, I was, I was for the longest time I was trying to figure out who, cause they tried it like maybe it's Fred, maybe it's uh Dawes, maybe it's his other, but they, I, I feel like that they, he's going to be the chief villain on human mm-hmm. humanity side. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and in all of this, don't forget, this ship is named the Rasinante. That's Don Quixote's, Don Quixote's horse. horse. Right. Like this, he chased a lot of windmills, and I think yep. that there is. If I were trying to be cute, I would make sure that that wraps in at the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. I also love how the crew, the Rasinati, who are there's a Mars veteran, there's an Earther mm-hmm. who. That guy's an interesting story. He has five dads and three mothers, mm-hmm. because uh, the and uh, because they genetically fused. They did some kind of hippie experiment. They genetically fused the DNA from all eight of them, so they could all be his daddy and mommy. And they're gonna. It's. Um, I thought that, that his backstory is kind of interesting. Um, in this you know like cult environment, I'm always a sucker for that. But you've got like you know two belters, and then. Um, Shoot, I forgot the what the point I was going to make about. I had a, a sick Don Quixote uh, reference about all this stuff too, <laughs> um, but it makes them interesting politically because they're like the hero. I mean, Mars is, seems like they're the most militant of it, but the Belters like they got a polit- they've got instant political clout because they were the crew that got exploded. You know, and got the 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 belters all in uproar at first, and I forget the name of that ship. It is like you know, remember the whatever, mm-hmm. and then they were the ones that saved. They're the heroes of the Eros situation. They've got a lot of political clout, and I thought it was interesting the tensions between this guy from Earth who now seriously identifies with the belters, but he's kind of being frozen out from his own position, and even his girlfriend who is a belter is kind of skeptical that an earther could, you know, really get their, their struggle. I thought that's interesting because, you know, it's interesting when political, like when political factions make interesting bedfellows, like there's always this distrust as like, you know, like how can this, this person be an actual ally, you know, like they're, 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 they're part of the oppressors. How in the world could they actually be 
You know, do we even need them? Do we want them in the struggle? I thought that was interesting. Well, it's the, it's the fellowship of the ring. Like all yeah. of these people represent different parties. They have the same general course of action. We don't want to die. And you but... have my mass driver. <laughs> but I, I really, and that's Naomi to me. That's why I like her the most because she is, was OPA, had some sort of falling out. She mm-hmm. knows a lot um, mm-hmm. but she goes back and forth about what she's trying to, she kind of weaves back and forth. And now we're getting into the side where, you know, she's starting to shut out Holden mm-hmm. to advance what she thinks is the right thing to do. And that's interesting. That's you yeah. throw them in a ship and shake it up and see how it kind of rolls yeah. like dice. Like it's um, funny. Cause you, you, th- you think the crew, the Rossinati kind of sees things eye to eye, but then you're really, this, these last two episodes are showing the fractures in, you know, that relationship that's like, Oh, these guys are like, you know, shipmates and they're family now. And like, you know, um, Alex doesn't want, uh, um, Amos picking the fight in his fights for him. And, um, I thought that that was kind of interesting. Although I would want Amos to fight all my fights for me. <laughs> so, yeah. And that's the other thing. I, I, I thought Alex's point last episode is kind of bullshit too. Cause like, I don't think Amos thought he's weak, you know, like you're the guy that fights the ships and I'm the guy that fights the fists. So like, what the hell? Yeah, and even Amos seemed to have a moment of awareness when Alex talked about f- not flinging him around in the in the Rossi during the right. fight with the stealth ship, and that cost lives. He he basically told Amos, "I saved your life, and seventeen right. people died for it. Right, so get off my back." And that's well, even I, Alex is super yeah. interesting, and I think yeah, he's yeah, the yeah. least of the of the four. And it's only because he doesn't have any weird ticks he's going to he's got some fucked yeah. up shit with he's his building it yeah 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 he's got a dossier a mile thick in the mars academy just you wait yeah and we definitely wrote off whoever the family was in the pictures at the start of the show that's uh, the weirdest thing about this show is that in a season and a half i went i was watching the first two episodes i forgot how much they kind of fired up with and they just mm-hmm. they shed a lot of information that's not relevant which is impressive for a show that wants to be wants to be big but we're gonna i mean that'll come that'll that will instantly pay off as soon as we get around to the alex backstory episode which is coming (laughs) don't 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 believe it's not coming we're gonna need an amos season for backstory to just understand how you (laughs) have to be spinoff series amos (laughs) beltalota Start, uh, just, starting on sci-fi next season. He starts to go through other sci-fi shows, fighting their <laughs> yes. muscle. So he fights Bring Jane, he um, fights whoever yeah. that guy is in Dark Matter. I'm going to fight, fight Worf, of course. Yeah. He'll just blow Worf through a bulkhead. <laughs> yeah, one punch. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, speaking of Amos, where the hell is he? I have, an, I have a guess. Uh, where do you think he's at? He's on the ship with the the scientist and and Dawes. Oh, right. Oh, I didn't even well, wait think a second. So, that? so yeah. Did, so, right. So, so we think that the the Dawes took off, and then during the cloak burn, that they sent out a lifeboat, right? Because this the full ship is. Or they released yeah. two ships, and they were so busy chasing the first. They didn't yeah, see I the don't. They, know. Well, they zeroed in on Dawes because that was Dawes' ship. They were like, Dawes must be yes, on his ship. Yes, but there's you can't tell me that Tycho would not be aware of another ship That's trying to leave but, them. But by that, yeah, but when it, your that ship time it was too run, late. By right? OPA. 
Yeah, but we know these ships have lifeboats and other ships. I think they just popped a lifeboat or something. It's a long way to go. Or, well, sure. Yeah. Or, or they 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 jumped out um, because this kid survived being spaced before. Yeah, his <laughs> uncle. So his like, like an uncle. Yeah, and they never showed like that's everything. They never showed him being rescued. It's yeah. just he showed up later. Um, that was a little weird. And I'm like, but, but I wonder okay. if they're doing that to show that like you know Dawes is going to have someone else come on another trajectory, like on a stealth burn. Like they they're just coming in to pick hmm. him up oh. while the Rossinati blows past him because they Could just might have jumped out in their air. I yeah. thought it was interesting that the kid was wearing his space suit because it's almost like that the 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 ship got vented to space. I guess the engine damage could have done that to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If FTL has taught us anything, it's that sometimes your oxygen <laughs> yeah. goes and you need to suit up. You got to suit yeah. up. You got to suit up or get a rock man to fix your shit. <laughs> there's no there's no rock man on this. Um uh, Oh, Jim, that's such an exciting thought. All I can picture now is an episode of and I just want one episode no dialogue like no direct dialogue and it's we're just watching amos just ghost every everyone on this ship just he just comes up behind him just chokes him out and then moves on to the next one like it's it's like a tom clancy game it's like metal gear solid it's metal gear amos yeah and he's he stuffing a, everybody in a locker. He leaves a he leaves one body in the hallway just so people run up and be like, "Oh my God, someone's knocked out!" So you can knock them out too. <laughs> yep. He starts flicking quarters into corners. That was like my in the last uh, Uncharted. That was my favorite thing to do. Like I had like um you know how you could like hide in the tall grass. Mm-hmm. I just one grassy mound that had like fifty motherfuckers in it. <laughs> like there's just ankles sticking out and arms and just like there's those I, like he was standing on top of this mound of bodies that I'd lured over here and snapped their necks yeah. yeah i could totally amos needs his own stealth game except there's no stealth he just runs around snapping necks it's i have been i think that i mean have we covered all the uh, holden's just he's kind of a moral compass yeah and he's generally interesting um well, he, who, he's who getting – like, I, I really hated him in season one. He got pretty good in – like, I, I like how he's kind of rounding into shape as, a, as, as the, the – like, I, they made him the de facto leader last season, and I didn't buy it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't he understand – I but, don't understand, yeah. like, why Alex and uh, Amos is following this guy. But I feel like he's kind of grown into it, kind of like the way I think the it real was, Jon Snow did. It, wasn't it just basically because he had rank on him? Like yeah, he got promoted. What is? What is but but they they even address it. Like what is like like oh you're gonna pull rank when we're basically like what like ninety percent of our crew died. Mm-hmm. There is no power structure. Plus it's a company. It's not a military unit. Go fuck yourself. But it's an easy way to to kind of pick somebody. You I know? guess it's 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 a way that that can shake out. And I, I think guess. you know he's definitely grown into it, uh, and he's becoming more of a character. And I like that occasionally he's wrong in pretty big ways oh yeah and and he has to own up to that and and change his mind when the the information changes okay uh, a big question were you guys pro killing the head scientist at the eero station debacle or anti i'm pro every time i think it was yes probably a bad move but i was mad i was mad when they did it but then when they asked jane uh, or miller why he did it and it was because he was making too much sense. Right, right. I thought that was a pretty fucking good explanation for doing it, and I was kind of back on his side. Well, and that's the danger of the... I mean, that's the thing. If 
this is it's a little bit of a Batman scenario. We have a little bit of a space Batman with a faux hawk and a fedora. Um, <laughs> although we never, when was the last time we saw the fedora? It was it's like been, season yeah, one. It was a while because that's he the lost thing. They... It like Indiana Jones and didn't grab it before he left. Yeah, and they only—I feel like they only did the the hat so they could pay off him meeting his partner and said, "You stole my hat." Like he couldn't have stole his lucky rabbit's foot or his favorite wallet <laughs> or like it has to be that dumbass hat. Wait until he comes rising above the clouds of Venus wearing that <laughs> yeah. hat and it's glowing blue. He's yeah, glowing yeah. Out it's made. It's, it's his it's residual made... self image. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's made out of stars and shit. You know, yeah. keeps the keeps the rain off my head. It's just gonna be a mon- it's gonna be like a two thousand one style monolith except for it has a fedora on it. <laughs> it's a tiny giant baby. Baby yeah, Venus his face star child. Fedora. He's gone through a couple of variations on the Mohawk. He had the long hawk for a while, mm-hmm. which just yeah. turned into a flop hawk. Uh, I did I also love that scene where he went to the Mormons. Because they almost sold me that he was going to convert. Yeah. And it turns out he's just gathering intelligence so he can come up with the idea of, <laughs> yeah, we should fling this at Eros and knock it out of orbit. And the, the balls to have him, like, he has to sit back there with the, the and, and, and arm the nuke. I thought that was a cool concept. And they kind of, there is a little bit of a, a Glenn dumpster fire situation going because I thought Holden and Miller getting the fatal dose of radiation right. and that instantly yep. being fixed in one episode is kind of shitty. Me too. It was it was the end of the season, right? Right. And yeah, then they put the and then and then they put him in this other mortal danger and I'm like, "Okay, well, fine, whatever." But then when the Navu came and like it was clear that it had missed, uh-huh. I thought that was pretty ballsy. Yeah. To take that big of an asset. That's something that you'll never see again in the series. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that's something that took like imag- unimaginable wealth and time to construct. And just fling it into the sun. Yeah, it's almost <laughs> like a, a Death Star. Oh, mm. we got three of those. Yeah. So maybe yeah. they just Death Star it. Oh, we had another one under construction. Yeah, the Mormons were building another in secret because it's no mm-hmm. big thing. Why not? If you build one, you know what's cool? Two. <laughs> uh, it's funny because when I first saw the starship, I thought the whole thing was just this giant golden cherub. But then I realized that was like the hood ornament of the ship, and that made much yeah. more sense. Yeah, a masthead on a spaceship is a great look. It is mm-hmm. a cool look. I like it. Like, it why lets not? You know who was running the ship? Damn straight, Jesus. Damn straight, you know, Jesus behind that wheel. That's, that's right. The first piece they put into place. Right, <laughs> but not just from it. the cherub down. Yep, yep. But I also like that. You know, they kind of fake you out, and they say, "Oh, we're gonna kill Miller." Oh no, we're not. And then they go ahead and do it anyway. I think the Venus, Miller, right? as we knew him, is dead. Like, Miller yeah. might oh, yeah. come back, yeah. but he's going to be, at the very least, Gandalf the White version. Right. A little off. Yeah. A little, he's <laughs> lost a little bit of his warmth and humanity. Uh, at best, at worst case scenario, he's going to be just a, he's going to be the start of a new race. Right. Um, that is going to have their own agenda and desires and thoughts. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's but, something very Adam and Eve about Julian. Miller yep, that's what I'm saying. And, 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 but instead of being put in the Garden of Eden, they're put down in literal hell. Because I was reading like how like Venus is not to be fucked with. It's probably the <laughs> least hospitable planet that is in the like terrestrial planet in the solar system. Isn't there a C.S. Lewis story? One of the in his space trilogy isn't Venus an Adam and Eve scenario? Probably. That sounds like it. I don't know if you guys ever read those, but 
Sounds very. It sounds appropriately allegorical. Well, yeah. I disagree. I think Uranus is the most hostile. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Uranus. I had to get it in there. Had Great. to get that joke in there. <clears throat> uh, Great job, guys. <laughs> yeah. So, do you think we'll see? Do you think we'll have to podcasting. wait until next season to hear them again? Because I feel like they could spend the rest of the season dealing with what's going on in Ganymede. Yeah. Which is the destruction of the bread belt of the soul of the of the uh, asteroid belt? Like mm-hmm. they're talking about mm-hmm. millions of people going to starve because they were growing so much food on Ganymede. Um, how, how do you about, think we'll do? You think we'll see more from the blue space monsters? I mean, as far oh, as no, yeah. I, but I'm talking season? about I'm talking about Miller and Julia's branch. Oh, not the one run around on Ganymede. Hmm. I think maybe at the end of the season we'll yeah. we'll get a glimpse. Yeah, I don't think there will be much though. You think it'd be yeah, because like we tease. got we got yeah. six more episodes, and honestly, um, like, like I said, I I would have been perfectly content had they just kept this human scale. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm not convinced I need the aliens, and I'm kind of skeptical of the aliens until they do something really really cool with it. Smacking Eros into Venus better pay off because <laughs> man, a lot of time and attention was sent the, on on that part of the plan. And well, know. that's the thing, like. If you look at, um, I, I don't know her name, but the the Martian soldier, yeah, uh, who was on Ganymede, Gunny, Gunny, yeah, uh, whatever uh, her actual name is. It, she's if, if the woman at, with the most powerful legs in the solar system. <laughs> right. I think she's training at three G just to like because like they're just fucking incredible. <laughs> Walnut crackers, anyway. Uh, if you look at the setup for her whole whole situation there she's got an entire team of buddies here right fellow soldiers who just get wiped out that they spend like, a lot of spend, time and attention right? developing their character and forging them into a unit and then nope. yeah and i was starting to dig it i was yeah. like okay so we got another earther situation here in the mix sure. like a coleman or yeah or any of those and and no they just wipe that out they're like yep, yep. clear the board which and um, which uh, what's, the thing that i'm getting a little sick of is as acting like this gunnery sergeant is any kind of political player Oh, like anytime yeah. she talks about how like we need to go to fucking Earth and fuck shit up, I'm like, oh, settle down, settle down. Well, now down. she's being thrust into it. Well, also, so why is Mars trying to cover up the life form? Oh, it's. I think this is a mutual. So you think you think Julie's trick. dad like, has know, Mars? You don't let on that you don't know. But do you think? Because uh, I also thought it was painting something more sinister. Like Julie's dad, not only does he have a puppet on Earth, he has a puppet on Mars. Mm. Like he's like next level running shit. Good. Which is why he's totally not afraid of <laughs> the inside, like like you know like how bad it is to get in, to get in trouble with the federal government. <laughs> like uh-huh. this is two levels above that. This is the this is the government of the moon and Earth that is that's that's now pissed off at you, and you're like, eh, eh whatever, whatever. Uh, mildly interesting, I would say. Mm, mm. Have you read the books, you bastard? No, I haven't, but I just I <laughs> That's how I feel. It's, I'm just so intrigued by this idea of – we haven't. We When was the last time we saw Jules Pierre-Mau? It was like the first quarter of this season. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of been out of it. So it would yeah. make sense. It would be – he has technology that both sides want, especially in the stealth ship. And, right. And we've gotten the, the pitch from Fred Johnson that – you know, you need something to trade on. Like he talks about the nukes as being a bargaining chip or a deterrent. The Which I thought was are smart. The same, are the yeah. same way. If he's got, if Mao has a fleet of them, and he offers them to Mars, and Mars is, if we are to understand, uh, Bobby, Sergeant Bar- Bobby, um, mm-hmm. 
that Mars wants to kick ass. Like they want, she doesn't shut up. She wants to, all she talks about is I want to be on earth. Put me on right. earth. I'm going to kick some ass. <laughs> right. And it, it was getting kind of obnoxious. So I was glad she got her ass kicked. And... She has that, that, that weird, like uh core cheer, like who will drink earth's oceans? Yeah. Who will, Marines? Who will, who will grind, yeah, grind their mountains to dust? Who will shit down their volcanoes? <sighs> Yeah, yeah, that was the least. Who will chop down their tree? Like it's like okay, all right. Captain Planet's <laughs> gonna have a word for you when you arrive. He's gonna be so, Don Cheadle's gonna be so pissed. He's gonna turn you to a tree. For a, uh, for a disciplined military unit, she does uh, talk a little sassy. Also, to her, also, to if, her if we want to if we want to do some friendly fan nitpick, when she says form a line. And they literally stood shoulder to shoulder. <laughs> I laughed so hard. Like you just established that you have like these fire and forget missile suits. Uh-huh. What the fuck? Like activate your thrusters and get, like have a mile wide picket line. What the fuck, man? And this is a if you bit- were modern Marines, I'd be like, what the fuck? You don't stand shoulder to shoulder. <laughs> you know, Jesus, it's, it's very Starship Troopers. The the Marines, which I have yeah, That's the, this thought- show has so many. But but they know. But the, when they showed us training, they were so badass. And then here yeah. they are in the combat, going against six or seven blues, and they just fucking go short. I just was so disappointed. So disappointed. <laughs> I want to see some really cool space tactics. I want you to believe me that you're taking over Ganymede, man. Yeah. At the same time, this show is best when it's people talking to people. Yeah. Uh, when we get into the even the like when the Rossi fought the stealth ship. The interior was cool. The effects of the mm-hmm. watching the tracer fire come through their ship and nearly yes, terrifying. That yeah. was interesting. Yeah. But watching it outside with bullets, just they always do this like circular bullet, right? Uh, it's like the rotation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you, do you have you guys ever seen the last Starfighter? I have not. Long actually. time ago. Oh man, man. so the, long ago. That starship has a mo- maneuver called the Death Blossom, where it just spins 360 degrees and shits out bullets. And I, every yeah. single time the Rossi goes into combat, I'm like, it's doing the Death Blossom. And why not? And I mean, why it, not? It it's goes, a good move. Yeah, it goes back to what you said about you know naval battles um, in ye old day, right? Yeah. Like, this is just three dimensional. Line up, bro- give them your, give them right. your broadside. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just kind of weird. It, there's a good book i I rec- i'd recommend to you guys called hard or no not hard time that's the that's a different one that's also really good and basically about belter life is what i would describe it as it's not mm-hmm. in this series of books but it's very much about rock miners and the kind of the politics and the economy of that situation um but down below station has spaceship battles but these are ships that go faster than light and so Basically, their naval battles are they're flying around at top speed and basically trying to predict where their enemies are going yeah, to be. Yeah, right, right. Basically say, okay, we're firing in that direction and hopefully they're there. And then you have to right. wait for the relay delay to tell you uh-huh. whether or not you got them. And meantime, you might get smoked and never see it coming. Yeah, that sounds like the Honor Air Harrington stuff, too. They have a similar kind of like fat, like the implications of just slower than faster than light combat. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Yeah. I good love stuff. I'm, just, I'm so glad that this is, show is. Yeah. Good. I, and I yeah. can't say enough about the special effects. Like they are just fucking solid. Um, 
in a way that the only thing that's slightly annoying is I wish they coached the actors to actually act as if there's slightly less in Earth gravity because mm-hmm. it's it's <laughs> jarring when I'm watching Thomas Jane watch a a, a bird yeah. that's animated to act as if it's in a third Earth's gravity and Thomas Jane is still just standing there like you know the hell's like, the deal like with that nothing. bird. I, I never really grasped whatever imagery they were going for with that stupid thing. I don't either. Yeah, it's something about the love story. Like I, there, I, I feel like the love story between him and Julie is <laughs> he, as was, was fake a surprise in space. No, no. It, like it, when they arrived, I'm like, oh, oh, this is a surprise. Uh, not a good one necessarily. I, I think that was very underwritten and it had, almost criminally so. A hummingbird wouldn't a hummingbird in space just be totally whack? Like yeah, without having to beat its wings against gravity, it'd get it, fat. It it'd, it'd be the size of a softball the ceiling every time, and it well, just—it's like a balloon. <laughs> it's just stuck up there. Just <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the uh, the big question mark for me is why aren't the Earthers like basically super powered uh, in low G? You know, yeah. why can't oh, they yeah. jump around and yeah. Like the Earth Marines should be like the, the like like the right. Spartans of old on Mars. Maybe yeah, we'll see yeah. that. Like like oh, you train in one G. We train. We live in one G. Yeah, I was born in one. We G. train in two G. Fuckers, what do you think of that? <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like living at ten thousand feet. You. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's you a natural just run advantage. A little bit longer than everybody else. When we take over Mars. <laughs> we're sending a bunch of Nepalese warriors that we specially trained to fight on in the thin in the thin Martian atmosphere and gravity. No, if it's they're about have... gravity, don't you want to be closer to the? So you want sea level? That's where no, your no, they're gonna they're gonna fight with pickaxes and ladders and. I want mole men. Mole men. <laughs> yeah. One point zero 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 one G. Uh, what else we is it? I mean, what else? I think if, if we we're definitely coming back at the end of the season yeah, to yeah. kind of like see how things are and like mm-hmm. maybe make some predictions. Do we have any predictions? To, I think we've all actually kind of made predictions over the course of this podcast. But is there any other predictions you want to make? Or I've got any one. last thoughts? Okay, I Predict think Amos away. turns on Naomi at some point. We've we've seen the guard mm. dog tactic for so huh. long, but I think he likes Holden, and I think he'll be forced to he'll be forced to choose between them in a moment, and I think huh. he'll go Holden. Interesting. Um, I'm was, so glad that they didn't try to set it as a, a love triangle. I love yeah. when they revealed it and like Amos and <laughs> they uh, got a bet. Yeah, instantly Allison. like, God damn it! I, and they're yeah. horsing around, which has got to be really scary with Amos when he puts yeah. you in a headlock. You've got to go, oh god, no! It's like who's more terrifying? <laughs> this could be it. Who's more terrifying <laughs> to tease? Uh, uh, Amos on any random day or Joe Pesci in Goodfellas? <laughs> like which one's got you mopping mopping the sweat off your brow more? Yeah, uh, I, th- I think question. I still got Joe Pesci. Yeah, Joe Pesci. <laughs> I actually think he is crazy. Amos is yeah. just really, really rational. Yeah, too, you just as long as you keep that in the back of my head, what would an a, a two, what would a robot do? Right, because because Amos he wouldn't be like, "Am I funny?" He'd be like, "Look, if you don't stop bothering me, I'm going to kill you." Yeah. <laughs> he would let you know, yeah, and then you'd be you like, "Fair enough, fair enough." I'm backing down. <laughs> I'm going to go back over to my flop house in the Brawl next door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's where he keeps on bed. Yeah, Amos is he's a rock star. Uh okay. I think that's it for the expanse pod. Is there any other random bullshit we want to shoot? I don't know. I mean we trashed on Zack Snyder, which that was always that was the fun. season of direct that I was 
equally dreading and looking forward to was Zack oh, Snyder. Oh, Snyder. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got a short enough run. Oh, Baby Driver trailer. Since who knows when direct Baby if Driver. If it will come back. But have you guys seen this? Is Edgar Wright's next movie? Oh. No. So this can you guys play a trailer while you we can listen to like your rea- it's so good i really i watched it this morning those always go well it's got yes, john yes. ham in it drop a okay drop a marker we will watch the trailer all right i'm in here's my reaction uh-huh Scott Pilgrim fucked the transporter. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> that's a good that's a that good was, That looked rad. That looked that's really right. good. It's yeah. Edgar Wright. It is a movie it's, about a kid who puts headphones in and listens to music while he does heist stuff. I feel like he's gone back to the hot fuzz well, mm-hmm. like the action movie parody well, and that's a good place like that's my favorite of his movies. Mm-hmm. I know you like I think, you know, obviously Shaun of the Dead cuz you're a zombie. Oh no, guy. Hot Fuzz is my favorite. Oh now. really? Yeah. Oh fuck. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cuz like some of that stuff like when he was running tits out about about like a, over all those ledges and tables and shit, like that was just that was just a cool action sequence, but you can also tell how funny it is too. It's got a lot of good people out there: Kevin Spacey, John Hamm, the Scottish cousin from Downton Abbey, <laughs> Jamie Fox, Jamie Fox playing he looks, Amos. He looks hot. In this, I mean, like playing playing the like the crazy guy on the. He's heights. playing the Amos of the team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> who's I'm, who's the Holden? I'm super jazzed for this this yeah. movie um edgar wright knows how to shoot action he does long shots he does not do quick takes i mean yeah and he's got a lot of imagination diegetic music love fest yeah yeah i'm excited so, i did not know i was excited about this and now i am thank you levi well i know you guys we started this with you talking about trailers that you missed in the movie yeah. theater because of that mix-up so i thought i'd get out ahead we should, uh, yeah. we, we should, uh, we should, we should, we should do stuff like this more often. What else do you like? You like anything but the expanse? Um, what else am I watching right Cause, now? Because I'm always looking. I'm excited for, for the next TV season hosts. of Bosch on Amazon. What? Really like Bosch? Hmm. Oh, Bosch! No, not Bosch. No, um, no Bosch here. Else. The problem is, is that I'm at this point where work has got me busy enough. I come home. You I got have the baby kid, time for right. the immediate. You and then the it's like, I've got one like. hour at the end of the day. What yeah. am I going to do with that? Um, right. I really so. want to check out Billions. Yeah? Yeah. I've heard Billions looks good. It's got, it's got a it's it's got Pete Giamatti. Giamatti. Yeah. Yeah. Is this a TV show? Uh-huh. And Sergeant Brody. It's got him in there, too, right? Is this an Amazon show, or what is this on? I think it's... Oh, Showtime. Billions is Showtime, yeah. Right, right. Mm. Interesting. Which I don't have. That's one of the few premium... Yeah, subscriptions I don't have. Yeah, anytime you guys want to just talk TV, random movies. I know you've got a very. I Eric has set me loose and he has taken our rock freighter and flown off to some other projects, <laughs> and I'm left floating out here. He'll come back to podcasting. Oh, he yeah. black hole. You can't he, ever he escape can't orbit. Avoid it. He's, he yeah, he's. It too much. He'll design a board game or two and launch another brew foundry, and I don't know <laughs> brew foundry. Yes, so, one of those. Have a world of uh, his next world of submarines. He's gonna launch world of submarines and then he'll be back. World of space submarines, 
or maybe it would be world of world of belts. Like you, you can just fi- pilot to Rossinati. Every, every combat lasts one point five seconds. I want like a you queue up. Asteroid. You 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 queue up. There's six other players, and you die within five seconds of contact. <laughs> I'm gonna send this then to Cool Games Inc. I'm gonna say Sim Asteroid Station, where you basically yeah. you build your own Eros. You've got yeah, you crack it open, and you look at where you're building your commercial sector, where your ship bay is. It's like tiny. It's like it's like tiny Death Star, only on Sirius. <laughs> Is that a game? Tiny Death. Yeah, it was a really cool Lucas game. Like it was like like, like a Sim City, but cartoon style Death Star. And for some reason, Lucas uh, Arts pulled it. People were trading illegal ROMs and stuff of it, or illegal <laughs> ISOs, or whatever the fucking Android pa- APKs. Uh-huh. So <laughs> whatever the iPhone equivalent is. All right. I got to be going. Yeah. Uh, it's been a blast. I'm really in the tank for the expanse. Sometimes it threatens to lose me, but I think I'm on board for the fucking monster movie now. Yeah. Well, I'll catch you guys in a, just a little over a month. Yep. Yep. Have a good one. See you later. Yeah. Catch you later.